seated tonight in the name of the Lord. We thank God for each and every one of you who are here this evening. Thank you, musicians, for leading us in worship. We're going to go directly into the word of the Lord tonight. We're continuing our, our series, our final lesson on the nature of God, the nature of God. And uh, our first lesson, we discuss the fact that God is one. That is the foundation of all we believe, that God is one. And then, of course, we talked about the fact that God is great. God is great and greatly to be praised. And uh, so one of the ways that you know that God is great is that you know God is one. Uh, you know, in, in a lot of mythology, they, they believe in several gods uh, who have designated areas of oversight. But our God needs no other God. Beside him, there is no other God. He is the one true living God. And we praise him and worship him. Thank the Lord. So God is one. God is great. And then thirdly, we spoke about God is love. How many are thankful that God is love? Hallelujah. He is, he is that wonderful thing we call love. What we know of as love is uh, so many times misguided and influenced by our fleshly nature. But, but true love is love that comes from above. Amen. That comes from the Lord. And God, in fact, is that perfect love. Tonight we're going to speak on the subject, God is holy. Everybody say, God is holy. Amen. God is holy. And it is hard, really, to do this topic justice because in describing the nature of God, the holiness of God, uh, really there's no way to put him into words. You know, that's actually why we speak with other tongues, because our language falls short of glorifying God to his absolute worthiness. And so we actually worship him and speak with other tongues and worship him in a heavenly language because of the fact that there are no words of anyone's native tongue that can adequately describe the Lord. The only one who can adequately describe the glory of God is God. And so he will actually praise himself through uh, us when we speak with other tongues. And this is, the, this is because his nature is holy. And so we're going to begin from the book of Psalms uh, 145. Psalm 145, and we're going to read one verse of scripture. Verse number 17. The Lord is righteous... In all his ways, the Lord is holy in all his works. He is righteous in all his ways. He is holy in all his works. Now this word holy, let's, let's make perfectly clear what we mean when we talk about holy. God is holy. That's it. That's where it all starts. God is holy. Now the Bible refers to his church being holy. Refers to angels being holy. It refers to his, his people being holy. And refers to us as a holy nation. But let's make sure we understand. God is holy. Anything that becomes holy is only made holy by the Lord. Nothing, no thing and no body can generate holiness from within themselves. All holiness begins and comes from the Lord. So we must understand that. Our God is holy. And what we mean when we say holy, there are two words that are paramount in our understanding of holiness. And they are these, separate and pure. God is holy because he is separate and pure. God cannot be brought down to uh, the level of a human being in the sense of, of trying to understand him in the context of human relationship. Uh, you know, that's actually, though, why we have relationships as we do. 
Relationships are to teach us about God. So this is why the relationship between a husband and a wife exists. Because that relationship is to teach each of them and to teach their children and to teach the community where they live, teach people about the Lord. And this is why there is a relationship with an earthly father, why there's a relationship with an earthly mother, why there's a relationship with friends, why there's a relationship with siblings, uh, why there's a relationship with elders. All of these relationships in some way or another are to reflect the nature of God, the glory of God, the power of God, the holiness of God. When one of those entities falls short in reflecting God, it causes confusion in society. This is where a lot of our challenges come from. They come from uh, particular relationships that did not properly reflect the glory of God. This is why abusive relationships are so harmful. They're so harmful uh, in, to children. They're so harmful to marriages. They're so harmful in society. Abusive relationships are harmful because it will distort the person's mind concerning the nature of God. Because when I look at you, I should see God in you. You and I were made in the image of God. So when I fall short of reflecting God and, and truly imaging God, and you fall short of truly imaging God, then great harm is done. This is why I take my role as a pastor very seriously because this role as a pastor is to be a reflection of the nature of Almighty God. And while I am, of course, nowhere near uh, where I need to be in terms of reflecting God, and it's a daily walk reflecting God and exemplifying God and imaging God, it's a very serious matter that pastors need to be aware of leaders in the church need to be aware of mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and children and young people and and elders all of us need to be aware hey we are demonstrating God to the people who are looking upon us we just are so it's not just about you it's about the fact that God has anointed you and he has anointed me to image him, to demonstrate him, to illustrate him so people can see the glory and the nature of God in our life. So if you see anything that's, uh, you know, anything in me that's anointed or pure or good, that's Jesus. If you see anything arrogant or ignorant or sarcastic or, or you know, anything snide or something not good, that's Joel. But any of the good stuff, that's Jesus. And we need to demonstrate the good stuff. I don't mean be fake. I mean be changed. I don't mean put on a fake facade show for people to look upon and and applaud you for some performance you're doing. I'm talking about letting God make you holy. Hallelujah. God can take your life and transform your nature into a reflection of his nature. It's supernatural and it's a beautiful thing. So we're talking about God is holy. God is holy because God is separate and he is pure. Separate. What do you mean separate? I mean he is not on the same plane as us. He is above us. His nature is above our nature. His love is different than your love and my love. His thoughts are above our thoughts, the Bible says. His ways, they are above our ways. His knowledge is above our knowledge. There is a, even his sorrow is different than ours. You and I have worldly sorrow, and worldly sorrow brings great grief and depression. But the Bible speaks of a godly sorrow. And the godly sorrow worketh repentance. Oh, hallelujah. And so God is above all and through all and in us all. And in him we live. In him we have our being. In him we move. So God is above us. That is why he is separate. This is, a, this is why the miracle of Jesus is so amazing. The fact that this God, who is above all, 
This God who is separate from all mankind in the sense, separate in the sense that, that he is not a man, the Bible says, that he should lie. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, let God be true and every man a liar. This is why they can stack up whoever they want to stack up to defy God. And God is still true and every man is still a liar. Because God is holy. God is separate. He is above us and we cannot ascertain unto him. We cannot fathom him with our mortal minds, with our carnal minds, with our fleshly minds. He is spiritually discerned. So as long as you're trying to understand him with your carnal mind, you will continue to be dumbfounded and you will continue to be frustrated. This is why there are people who can quote passages of this holy scripture and still not know God. And you think to yourself, how can they, how can they quote such a, an amazing amount of scripture and not know the Lord? Because they have memorized words with their natural brain, which is capable of memorizing, but they have not searched for him with their heart. I've never met an atheist who became an atheist after a sweet hour of prayer. Try the Lord. And you'll find him to be worthy of your praise. Try the Lord and you'll find him to be worthy of your life's obedience. Hallelujah. He is holy. He is holy. And so let's talk about some of the ways in which he is holy. Uh, Again, we talk about the fact that the Lord is holy in the sense that he is separate from man. And again, this is the miracle of Jesus That God, who is above all, would come down into human flesh and the Bible says dwell among men. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The fact that such a holy God would manifest himself in human flesh is the greatest miracle the world has ever known. And God forbid we should grow up in this and sing about it until we're bored and hear it preached about until we're bored with it and fall asleep on the preacher because here he is talking about Jesus again. Come on, somebody. This is the greatest miracle the world has ever known. Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Shema, Jehovah Shalom, all one God became Yahshua, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the long-awaited promised one. Oh, what a miracle it is that he would walk this earth, hallelujah, and live a life of complete obedience and be taken to an old rugged cross and, and suffer the death you and I were determined to die and, and take our sin on our behalf, our sins punishment on our behalf and remove our sins from us when we repent from those sins and are baptized into his precious name. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the greatest miracle. It's amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Hallelujah, I was blind, but now I see. We never need to stop shouting about it. We never need to stop rejoicing about it. I don't know what your day has been like up to this point, but just think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for you hallelujah and a song will rise up within your soul a song of his praise oh hallelujah this is a miracle this is a miracle because of the holiness of God he is separate and he is pure Isaiah chapter 6 let's look at Isaiah chapter 6 great passage of scripture in the year King Uzziah died verse 1 this is Isaiah talking I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now, now this is interesting. I believe that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up in two ways. I believe, of course, that he saw him high and lifted up in majesty because he was sitting upon a throne. I also believe that he saw him high and lifted up on Calvary's cross. I believe that because, and here's why I believe that. I believe that because when you get to Isaiah 53, 
the description that Isaiah gave of Jesus upon the cross, it was more than a passing reference to him being wounded. He described in detail the wounds, the bruises, the mocking, the ridicule, the grief, the sorrow. He even observed stripes upon his back. I I actually believe the Lord gave Isaiah a vision of Mount Calvary. And when he said he was high and lifted up, I believe he saw him high and lifted up both in majesty and in suffering. Because before he's lifted up in majesty, he's lifted up in suffering. And so high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. That word train actually is the same word as the hem of his garment. It's the same word. So when it says his train has filled the temple, it it actually means the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. Has filled the temple. I love that because that's what that little woman with the issue of blood reached out and touched. When she needed healing in her body, she touched the hem of his garment and virtue flowed from the body of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. You know what? I wish I could preach it like I feel it. Because in the Old Testament, the scripture refers to the garments of the priests as holy garments. So when she touched that holy hymn, that holy virtue from that holy body, hallelujah, touched that unholy woman, but made her whole. Oh, hallelujah. And so this filled the temple of the Lord. Above it, above it stood the seraphims. These are the angels of the Lord. Each one had six wings. Each angel that Isaiah saw in this vision had six wings. With twain, that's a fancy word for two. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he did fly. So this is what the angels of the Lord looked like as they were in the presence of the Lord. They had six wings. Two of their wings they used to cover their feet. And two of their wings they used to cover their face. And two of their wings they used to fly. And they were in the presence of the Lord, flying around the presence of the Lord in the vision of Isaiah. And their wings were covering their feet and their wings were covering their face. The reason their wings were covering their face was because they were in the presence of the Lord. And God was too holy for them to be able to look upon him. They had to cover their face because he was just too holy for them to observe. Ladies and gentlemen, the God you serve is a holy God. And you and I are incapable of reaching his presence in our natural flesh. This is why he had to become a mediator between God and men. This is why he had to become an advocate with the Father. This is why, because we had no bridge to him. We, the angels couldn't even look upon him. He was just so holy. And they flew around in his presence with their faces covered and their feet covered, flying in his presence until finally in verse 3, one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. The voice of one seraphim who was acknowledging the holiness of God, unable even to look upon him. This is why the Bible would later say that the angels desire to look into what you and I have in the Holy Ghost. Let me break that down for you. You know what we yawn about, what we take for granted too often, what we sit back and let come and go and whatever, and I don't have time... They desire to look into it because they have to cover their face. He's just too holy for them even to look upon. And they see us boldly approaching the throne of grace. 
making our petitions known, coming in asking God to just keep your hand of protection on me today. Thank you, Jesus. Love you. Give you praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Walking in on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Monday morning devotion, Thursday afternoon prayer meeting. We're just lifting up praise unto the Lord and offering petitions unto God. And the angels desire, they say, how do they get to just walk into the presence of a holy God? I don't know how. The only reason we can is because of Jesus Christ. The only reason we can is because of the blood of the Lamb. The only reason we can is because he suffered and he bled and he died and he rose from the dead. The only reason we can. Because God is holy. He's holy. He is so, so holy. And, and, and listen, Listen, when you really come in contact with his holiness, when you, when you get close to him and his holiness dawns on you, something happens to you. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. Now, there's a depth in this passage I can't get into tonight. But, but one day I'll do it. There is a depth in this passage that is so powerful. When, when Isaiah said, woe is me, I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Hallelujah. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You say, I want to be holy. How many want to be holy? We sing the song, right? I want to be holy, holy like you. Let me remind you, only God is holy. Anything, anything else that is holy is holy by virtue of its proximity to God. You don't create your own holiness. You don't, you don't generate your own holiness. Holiness isn't yours to own. It's not yours to barter with. It's not, it's not yours to negotiate with God about. God, I've been holy, so... oh. I'll stop you right there. Let's get, I'm going to just tell you before you go any further with that one. Rearrange those words. <laughs> Come to him humbly and boldly all at the same time. And say, Lord, I want your holiness. I want you to make me holy. Holy like you. Any holiness that may come from me, it cannot come from my flesh. Nothing in my flesh is holy. Everything in my flesh is corrupt. Anything that my flesh originates, generates, is corrupt. It's a part of this fallen nature. But anything that comes from his presence is holy. Holy. Holy is the Lord. Glory to God. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand. This is what happens when you're in the presence of the Lord. When you get close to his holiness and you see him and you acknowledge his power and his glory and he draws you into himself, then, then something happens to you. And this is what's happening in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit. This is what's happening. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. You say, man, I wish I could have an experience like that. Y'all have had experiences like that and don't even know it. How do you think you overcame? How do you think you got the victory? You think you just prayed and talked in tongues and cried and travailed and, and got up and, and then and you just decided from that point on, I'm going to do good? No, 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 no. There was a spiritual interaction. There was a supernatural transaction that occurred in the presence of the Lord. There was iniquity, hallelujah, that God dealt with, hallelujah, that he dealt with inside of you, that he took out of you. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. And so it happens because of the holiness of God. So God is separate and God is pure. See, his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So, so when God does something, he's right. He's right. God cannot lie. Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19 
Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. Notice what the word of the Lord says. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 18. This is the difference between you and I and the Lord. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. 18. That by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. It is impossible for God to lie. You say, oh, I thought with God all things are possible. With God all things are possible, and because with God all things are possible, he made it impossible for himself to lie. There is nothing that proceeds out of his mouth that is not truth. Not one thing that proceeds out of his mouth is untrue. And, 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 and because his ways are above our ways, even the stuff that we don't understand, we can trust it into the hands of a holy God. Because he understands. And he understands things that we don't understand. Now listen, one of the greatest acts of faith you can do is trust God with the stuff that does not make sense Lord this doesn't make sense to me I don't understand this why did you allow this why did you do that why didn't you prevent this why didn't you stop that from happening and and at the end of the day we have to we have to come back to this understanding that he is holy he is separate from us and he is pure there's nothing that he does or does not do that is from an impure motive. Everything he does is from a pure motive. Now, there's no question that in this world, we live in a fallen world. We live in a corrupt earth. We saw the most vicious, horrible display of, of just human violence this week. Coming out of such a great service on Sunday and waking up Monday morning to that awful, awful scene in Las Vegas. And nobody understands what in the world happened and, and why such a maniac would do such a horrible thing. And it's, it's such an awful thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a corrupt world. We live in a fallen earth where violence is, ex is excessive. And as a matter of fact, the scripture says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days on the earth when the Son of Man shall return. And what happened in the days of Noah is that violence was rampant. Violence was rampant. And you know what social media has done? Social media has shown us how much violence there is in the earth. See, we live on our little on our, on our little safe environment and we feel shielded from the violence that's going on in the world. There's a lot of violence going on in our world and you and I many times don't even know anything about it. And, and, and if it weren't for a video and, and, and the ability to see things that are happening at, on, in live, uh, in, in live uh, status. And so we see violence is rampant through the earth. Also, Marrying and giving in marriage. This is promiscuity. Promiscuity is on the rise. This is the way that the days of Noah were. These are the days that are developing all around us. We will say it until the trumpet sounds. Be ready for Jesus to return. I said we're going to say it until the trumpet sounds. Be ready till Jesus for Jesus to return. And you might, as well, you might as well get used to hearing it from me. I'll say it. Listen, if I'm 50 years from now preaching, I'll be telling you then, be ready because Jesus can return at any moment. He can return at any moment. And you know what? If he doesn't return for the whole bride of Christ, boast not thyself of tomorrow. You may not know what a day could bring. He could come for any one of us at any time. And so we have to be ready. We have to be ready. We have to be ready to meet the Lord. Hallelujah. We have to be ready to serve him. We have to be ready to, to, to stand before his, his judgment seat and give accountability. He is a holy 
God. His ways are superior to the ways of mankind. And we trust the ways of the Lord. Romans chapter 9. You and I do not get to decide what is just, what is right. We don't get to decide that. The Lord is the one who decides what is just, what is right. Why? Because he knows all things. He knows all things. I've often said, don't don't let your critics get to your heart and don't let your fans get to your head. You know, don't, don't let flattery make you have a big head and don't make criticism make you faint of heart or discouraged because neither your flatterers or your critics know you. They don't know you. Somebody can walk up to me and they can say, Brother Joel, you're a great man of God. And that's very sweet of them to say, but they don't know me. So they can't be, they can't actually be the, the, the assessor of that. Somebody can walk up right behind them and say, Brother Joel, you're a low-down, good-for-nothing, dirty, rotten scoundrel. And that, they're entitled to their opinion. But they don't know me either. So I'm not, I'm not going to let one get to me and give me a, a, a boost in, in self-confidence and let the other one get me deflated in my self-confidence. There's only one who knows me. And he knows everything about me. He knows things about me I don't know about myself. So you know what matters to me? I'll tell you what matters to me. To hear him say, well done. Do you know how important those words are going to mean to you and I coming from him? Ah, Lord have mercy. He knows everything that we've done. He knows everything we didn't do and that we should have done. He knows everything that we did and we shouldn't have done. He knows everything we thought about doing but didn't do but almost did. Might as well have. He knows everything about us. And he still one day by the grace of God. I said by the grace of God. will say well done. You can think what you want to think of me, but his thoughts of me are what matter. His thoughts of all of us are what matter. And so Romans chapter 9, he deals with this. And, and, and notice what he said in verse number 13. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. That's the Lord. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Now, now the apostle Paul immediately follows that. By saying, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. This isn't about God being unrighteous. When he talks about hating Esau, he's not talking about having a, he's not talking about have a, having a human hatred for Esau. Again, we can't judge God by human standards. Saying God's love is human love or God's hatred is human hatred. Here Esau had everything given to him, everything handed to him, and he wanted nothing to do with anything that had to do with God. He parted ways with all of it. He sold it out every chance that he got, and he was more interested in what his own arm could bring him than he was interested in the things of God, and God said that attitude is something I despise. I despise that attitude. So, so verse 15, for he saith to Moses, I will, now notice this, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. The sooner you realize that you are completely and utterly and totally dependent on the mercy of God, the better off you'll be. See, when you think, when you think that God owes you something, that's when you start getting carnal. That's when you start, you start just kind of, you start kind of backsliding. Well, because I'm entitled to this. God owes this to me. I'll show God everything I've done for him. Good luck with that. Because it's not of him that willeth. It's not him that runneth. It's of God that showeth mercy. You know why we're here tonight? Because of the mercy of God. You know why I'm blessed? Not because of, of me. Because of the mercy of God. 
Oh, hallelujah. I could spend the rest of my days talking about the mercy of God. And how wonderful it is. And how beautiful it is. And he will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy. And let me give you a little secret if you want to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Let me give you another little secret. The Lord saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. And he is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Hallelujah. Remain contrite before the Lord. Remain humble before the Lord. God, I, you don't owe me anything. But oh, I give you all praise and all worship. And everything I have inside of me. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And so... So we are here because of God's, God's mercy, and God's mercy is attached to His holiness. His holiness. The fact that He is separate from anything that you know. He's separate from anything that you are. He's, he's above any authority you've ever understood on this planet. He is so far above. The Bible says He is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all. All we can ask or think. He is so far above what we can imagine. So he's separate in that sense. And not only that, he's pure. So his love is pure. It's not like the love you've met on this planet. It's a pure love. His hatred, we just talked about his hatred. His hatred is not the tainted kind of hatred that, that, that has all kinds of bitterness and resentment and, and, and malice caught up. No, 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 no. That's human hatred. His hatred is pure hatred. It's his anger, his anger is pure anger. It doesn't have all the jaded nonsense that our anger has. See, we can get angry. Come on, can I get a witness? We can get angry at, at one thing when we're mad about another thing. You know, you, if you talk to me 30 minutes after somebody just got done cussing me out on, on I-71, you might get kind of a different response from me than what maybe you were hoping. And it's, they're not you, it's them. My window was rolled up. Their window was rolled up. Thank you, Jesus. So I wasn't able to express to this person my, my frustration. So the next person I see gets it. I love you, but you don't know how they treated me. So here you go. I'm going to take out on you what's been going wrong. All That's human anger. But God doesn't get angry with human anger. God's anger is pure anger. It is pure hatred. It is pure love. It is pure. Everything about God is pure. It is altogether lovely. His, everything he does is perfectly weighed out. Perfectly reasoned. Perfectly judged. He is holy. He's not unholy. He's a holy Glory to God. Hallelujah. And Jesus, then Jesus looks at us and says, Be ye holy. My Lord, as I am holy. He's going to make us holy. To where, to where our thoughts are pure. To where our hearts are pure. To where our motives are pure. To where, to where we, the way we act is pure to where our intentions are pure and so what does he do he fills us with the holy spirit now i'm going to use the i'm going to use the operative word there here's the operative word fills i, I know you thought the word was holy and, and it is too there's several operative words but the operative word I wanted to concentrate on is fills. He fills us with the Holy Spirit. That means it gets down into every part of me. Woo. 
Or what did you think happened when you received the Holy Ghost? You think you just came down to the front and you spoke in other tongues and the Spirit of God gave you the utterance and then you walked out of here and thought, okay, now I've spoken in tongues. Now i got to really try to do right and try to try to try my best at doing good. No, 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 no. It's so much better than that. It's so much deeper than that. When you spoke in tongues, that was just your tongue being tamed because you can't tame it and no man can tame the tongue. But if you let God tame the tongue, he will bridle the whole body that's why you spoke in tongues that's why when you receive the Holy Ghost you will speak in tongues because God is taming that unruly evil that thing that sets on fire the course of nature that deadly poison that's what the Bible calls your tongue and when he tames the tongue he bridles the whole body he bridles my hands. They're not smacking people anymore. He bridles my feet. They're not drop kicking people anymore. He bridles my elbow. They're not jabbing people anymore. He bridles my tongue. They're not cursing people anymore. He bridles my eyes. Not looking at stuff it shouldn't look at. Bridles my ears. Not listening to stuff it shouldn't listen to. Bridles my brain. I'm not thinking thoughts that I don't need to be thinking. What's happening? The Holy Ghost has gotten inside of me and God is making me holy. why you ought to speak in tongues as much as you can. You need to get in your quiet prayer closet and talk to God in a heavenly language and let that Holy Ghost, that gift, be stirred up inside of you. Woo! Let him minister to you. Let him get down deep on the inside of you. Come on, let him correct you when you're wrong. Let him correct that envy. Let him correct that love of money. Let him correct that lust of the eyes. Let him correct that lust of the flesh. Let him correct that appetite of this world. Really quick, let me just throw this in there. When you look at, when you look, ladies and gentlemen, at God, you see one God manifested as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. One God manifested as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And that is representative of three branches of government. That's where, that's where the Judeo-Christian concept of three branches of government comes from. It comes from the nature of God. So, so you see him as Father, as Son, and as Holy Ghost. One God. Not three persons. No, no. Not three beings. No, no. Three manifestations of one God. And as Father, He was the legislator. That's the legislative branch. He was the lawgiver. He established the law. The laws of the earth. With Moses, He established the laws. The Ten Commandments, we call them. He established the law of the Lord. Then, as Son... He came into this earth. God did. Manifested in human flesh. God came into this earth. And as the only begotten son of the living God, he interpreted the law as the judicial branch. That's what the judicial branch is for. I know it gets confusing because a lot of times they try to legislate from the bench. Pray for all our government leaders. But, but the judicial branch is to interpret the law. That's what God did when he came down into this earth. He became the interpretation of the law. Oh, my Lord, I shouldn't have gone down this rabbit trail because I'm going to shout all the way down. This is why when Jesus is, is letting his disciples pick corn on the Sabbath and these, these self-righteous scribes and Pharisees said, why are you letting your disciples pick corn on the sabbath and jesus looked at them and said i'm glad you asked because i'm the one who wrote that whole thing about the sabbath and i'm here to tell you i'm going to interpret it for you because that's what i do i interpret it that's why when we stand in judgment we are going to be we're going to be judged by the lamb of god because that's the judicial branch of god it's the interpretation of the law he said i'm glad you asked because i'm going to interpret that for you sabbath was made for man not man for the the Sabbath. He 
did that over and over and over and over. He said, y'all have been knowing that thou shalt not commit adultery, but I'm here to interpret it for you. If you look on a woman and lust after her, you have committed adultery already in your heart. It's over and over and over that he, he said, you, 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 you know the law. The law is thou shalt love thy neighbor as, thy, as thyself, and, I, and thou shalt not kill. I'm here to tell you that if you hate your brother, that same sin of murder comes on you. So he interpreted the law of God. Okay, then he ascends on high and comes back to us as the infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is the third branch of government, the executive branch. The executive branch of government is the kingly branch, and it is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The executive branch of government enforces the law of the Lord. That's what the Holy Ghost does inside of us. The Holy Ghost enforces the law of God inside of us. So when I'm going through my daily life, I'm letting the Holy Ghost lead me and guide me into all truth. And as I'm going down life's pathway, all of a sudden, I'll just, I'll just not want to do certain things. What is that? That's the Holy Ghost enforcing the law of the Lord in my life. You call it a check in my spirit. All right, that's fine. We'll call it a check in your spirit. But it's the Holy Ghost giving you that check in your spirit. Something doesn't feel right about that. I don't, I don't feel good about that. That's the Holy Ghost inside of you saying, don't run with that crowd. That's the Holy Ghost inside. Listen, that's the, whole, the Holy Ghost will teach you how to dress. The Holy Ghost will teach you how to talk. The Holy Ghost will teach you how to walk. The Holy Ghost will teach you how to live, how to treat somebody. It's the Holy Ghost and fire. And it's keeping me alive. Oh, hallelujah. And when the Holy Ghost gets inside of you, you begin to pray to the Lord. And you let the Holy Ghost move on the inside of you. The purity of God will come into your spirit. And begin to move in you and on you in the most profound ways. And he'll change your nature. And he will, ladies and gentlemen, if you Literally, ladies and gentlemen, ladies, the Holy Ghost moving on the inside of you will make you a woman of virtue. And man, the Holy Ghost inside of you will make you a man of God. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. And you will, you will begin to demonstrate his nature to the world that is looking in on you and watching you and 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 believe me when the holy ghost gets on you you are the light of the world they're watching you has anybody noticed that the world is watching you and they're looking to see who you are just like the devil said to jesus if you be the son of god then show me this and show me that that's what the world is waiting they're waiting to see if you are who you say you are you've got to let the holy ghost get down deep on the inside of you and begin to move in your spirit and the Holy Ghost will produce, we call it modesty. It will produce modesty. You will demonstrate a holy modesty to where you will not be demonstrating and illustrating and showing off your human flesh. But you will be showing off the glory of God. And you will be looking for those noble virtues. Hallelujah. The virtues of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something. You want... If you're looking for a spouse, you do not want a spouse who's looking for somebody who's going to demonstrate human flesh. You want a spouse that's looking for somebody who's going to demonstrate godly virtue. Because if you end up with a spouse who's looking for somebody who's going to demonstrate human flesh and, and expose their bodies so as to be sensual, then they're not just going to be satisfied with you. They're being led by a spirit. They're going to be looking all over the place. You and anybody else, they can find it. You need a man of God, woman. And man, you need a woman of God. Hey. Sister, sister of mine, if he's not a man after God's own heart, he doesn't have any business chasing yours. 
You look for a man who's praying, who wants a godly woman, not somebody, not somebody who is going to feed their carnal appetite, but somebody who's going to pray with them, somebody who's going to serve God with them, somebody who's going to love the Lord with them. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You better wait and you better make sure. What are they celebrating in you? Are they celebrating when you push it to the edge and get fleshly and carnal? When you start showing off the flesh? Or are they celebrating when you praise? Are they celebrating when you worship? Are they celebrating when you are close to God? What is it that they celebrate in you? You, you, you be careful who you're giving your heart to. You don't need to give your, listen, you're gonna, if you give your heart to somebody whose heart isn't right with God, then you're going to be conflicted all your life. Give your heart to somebody who's going to celebrate the goodness of God in you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And you know what our world, our world, our world is, is tired of the superficial. We don't have to be afraid. Listen, what is holiness? Holiness is God who is separate and pure. And this is the way holiness affects us. It makes us separate and pure. Separate, the scripture says, come out from among them and be ye separate. That's what the scripture says. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Who said? Saith the Lord. Not me. Him. Saith the Lord. And so, so when we're talking about being separate, again, we're not talking about being holier than that. Do you know that the scripture condemns that language? The scripture, God condemns the language of a one person looking at another person saying, I'm holier than you are. You and I aren't holier than anybody. God is holy. And if you see any holiness in me or on me, it's because I got close enough to him that his holiness rubbed off on me. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Glory to God. But, but, but the separation that we experience and that is so important is a separation unto the Lord. See, if we're just separate from the world, oh, my word, that's not saying much in 2017. Folks, that's not saying much in 2017. So if that's your... If that's your, that's your standard of measurement, okay, I'm going to be separate from the world. Man, there's a, there's, there's a lot that the world doesn't have a problem with that God has a problem with. And, if, and, and where are you getting your spiritual appetite fed? Where are you getting your spiritual appetite fed? Reality shows or, or the epistles of Paul? Where, 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 are you getting, where are you getting your spiritual direction from? Think about it. Where, think, Netflix, Hulu. Who, who is leading your spirit? Because I'm going to tell you something. Anything you're entertaining is absolutely feeding your spirit. Anything is absolutely feeding your spirit. You say, well, I, Netflix is just what I do for entertainment. And then I go to church for, you know, spiritual stuff. So I do about 84 hours of Netflix and two hours a week in church. Well, okay. So it's a good point you make, but uh, I won't deal with the obvious. I'll just point out that anything that's entertaining you, anything that has your eyes, your ears, your mind is feeding your spirit. And you'd better make sure that the world it's not feeding your spirit. Why? Because, because this is what the scripture says. The scripture says, abstain from fleshly lusts. Why? You say, oh, great. He's going to go old-fashioned on me. You better believe I'm going to go old-fashioned on you. <laughs> abstain from fleshly lusts. Here's why we abstain from fleshly lusts. They war against the soul. You know that thing that lives forever in heaven or hell? Yeah, those fleshly lusts that you're entertaining, 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 indulging, 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 indulging. They war against your soul. 
You've got to be separate. Separate from those fleshly lusts. Separate from the world that is coming against your soul. That, that, that world that's telling you to commit fornication. That world that's telling you to commit adultery. That world that's telling you to lie. That world that's telling you to be sensual. That world that's telling you to expose your body instead of exposing your spirit to the Lord in prayer and letting him cleanse you from the inside out. Hallelujah. Separate. Hallelujah. From the world, but more importantly, unto God. Holiness unto the Lord. Separated unto the Lord. How do I separate myself unto the Lord? In prayer, in worship, in devotion, in scripture. In, in his house, in his presence. Right now, right now, you are choosing in this frame of time you're choosing to separate yourself unto the Lord and if you let this word of God get inside of you and you let this teaching and preaching plant itself inside of your heart and in your mind and in your soul hallelujah it will generate a holiness inside of you holiness inside of you a God consciousness inside of you to where listen to what happened with Joseph Joseph has gone down the most difficult path of his life. And if we went down that path, God help us. It's a difficult path. I don't know how Joseph made it. I do. It was the Lord. But, but notice, I'll tell you here in a second how Joseph made it. He, 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 he's betrayed by his brothers. They sell him into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. And Joseph knew he could get away with it. And he was at a crossroads of whether or not he would commit sin or he would be righteous before God. And I'm going to tell you something. If your brain is infused with all the junk from Hollywood, that decision is going to be very hard for you. As a matter of fact, I'll say it this way. It won't be hard for you. You'll make the wrong one easily. You know what Joseph said? Joseph's response to Potiphar's wife was this. How can I commit this great sin before my God and he ran from her presence oh, that's separation that's separation you know what the Bible says flee you know what the Bible says about youthful lusts flee them what it says about fornication flee it it doesn't say well threaten it Negotiate with it. Sit down, make a compromise. No, 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 no. Run! Don't put yourself in that position. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When we want to act sensual or think sensual or watch something sensual or listen to something sensual or dress sensual, we're putting ourselves in that position. God forbid. It's against the scriptures. Flee it. Run from it. And live for the Lord. Live holy, holy, holy. Unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This is what the scripture teaches us about being separate from the world. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. See, there's a blending, there's a blurring of the line between the church and the world today. There's a blurring of the line. A lot of people don't want there to be a distinction between the church and the world. And, and I get it. We do not need to be judgmental. For one very simple reason, we're not the judge. And we don't want to be condemning for, some, for one simple reason. God came not to condemn the world. The world is already condemned. He didn't come to condemn and he came to save the world. So, so I get it. We don't want to condemn and we don't want to judge. But, but, but we are not to blur the line. We are simply to be separated unto the Lord and, and, and let that light so shine before men. You know what's something, you know there's a scripture that, that is terrifying because the Bible says if you are ashamed of me this is Jesus talking. Now I want you to hear what he says. 
Because we're talking about judgment day. If you've heard me teach or preach, you know I'm about living for judgment day. You can have this whole world. Give me Jesus. You, you live for today if you want to. I'm living for judgment day. And this is what Jesus said. He said, if you refuse me in front of men, then I will refuse you in front of my Father. If you are ashamed of me now, then don't expect me to claim you on that day you stand in judgment. If you're not going to claim me at work, at school, if you're not going to claim me where you live and where you go, then don't expect me to claim you. Because the claim is ours. He belongs to me. He's mine. I choose him. I choose this day to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So how do I become holy? I can only become holy because God is holy. And woman of God, when you are saturated by the presence of God, he will create and generate a femininity in you. It will come out in the way you dress. It will come out in the way you carry yourself. It will come out in the way that you raise your children. It will come out in the way you treat your husband. It will come out in the way that you, if you're not married, it will come out in the way you treat your brothers and your sisters. There is a feminine grace that is nurtured inside the woman of God. You as a woman are a reflection of the nature of God in a way that I as a man am not. And I as a man am a reflection of the nature of God in a way that you as a woman are not. And, and, and if the world has ever needed to know the difference between a man and a woman, they sure do need to know it now. you believe this lie that it doesn't matter how you were created how you were born that that you that you are going to somehow change your identity folks that is absolute confusion and God didn't author it God is not the author of confusion there's no there's no reassignment operation that can determine who you are as male or female God decides who you are as male or female and he does so anatomically he does you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made in the name of Jesus Christ and those who are under the spiritual bondage of thinking that they are created differently than, than what they're supposed to be we need to pray for them in the name of Jesus and we need to love them and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to them and let the Holy Spirit of God come inside of them oh and he can do it he can do it I've seen him do it and he can deliver them from their perversion. He can deliver them from their lifestyle. He can absolutely change their life completely. And if you're dealing with some kind of a perversion in your spirit, he can change you even now in the name of Jesus. He can cleanse you inside and out. Oh, hallelujah. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. I'm talking about the blood of the Lamb. I'm talking about the word of our testimony. Thank you, Jesus. And so the church of the living God, we stand as a beacon to this world. And the Holy Ghost gets inside of me, and he, and he generates a holy masculinity inside of the man of God. And that's what you are, gentlemen. You're a man of God. And ladies of God, that's what you are. You're a woman of virtue, a woman of God. And he will generate a feminine grace inside a woman. That's what the Holy Ghost operating in her will do. And he will generate a masculinity, faith inside a man. And he'll become more of the man of God that God has designed him to be. That's what will happen when the Holy Ghost moves on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Don't fight that. Celebrate that. Hallelujah. Celebrate that he made you a strong man of God. Celebrate that he made you a woman of virtue and let the Holy Ghost generate more and more of it. And hallelujah, you're going to be exactly how God designed you to be and you're going to be a light that leads people to the Lord God of glory. You and I were created in the image of God. Male and female created he them in his image. 
Females reflect his glory in a way that's different than the way that the male reflects his glory. Men don't need to act or dress like women. Women don't need to act or dress like men. Come on, somebody. You, you may think this is common sense, but in 2017, this isn't common sense. So in the name of Jesus, let the Holy... And if you're struggling with that, let the Holy Ghost sanctify you. And he will put the desires in your heart as they need to be placed in your heart. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's condemning you. Listen, this is a world that is full of sin and full of strife. And every one of us have been brought out of some kind of sin or another and placed into the body of Jesus Christ. And we give glory to his name. Whatever your struggle is tonight, the Lord can cleanse you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. He can wash you inside and out. The blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah can deliver you hallelujah can deliver you somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus oh hallelujah oh hallelujah oh bless his name oh bless his name 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 hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to the name of God. Glory to the name of God. I want somebody, if they would, just to get close to God right now. Just get close to him right now. Come on, just get close to him in the name of Jesus. Just get close to him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I wonder if you could just do that. Say, God, I want to be in proximity to you. I want to be holy, Lord. I can't be holy by myself. I need you to make me holy. I need you to make me clean. I need you to purify my spirit. I need you to purify my mind. Purify my heart. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. All over this house. All over this house. God, I want you to take away any unclean sensuality. Any unclean sensuality. Lord, take it from me right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you're struggling... If you're struggling with sin in your spirit, let the Lord purify you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, if you're struggling with a temptation right now, something's tempting you, Almighty God, right now, He can deliver you. Just give it to Him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, bless His name. Oh, bless His name. Oh, bless His name. Oh, bless His name. Come on, I wonder if somebody could praise him right now for being holy. All over this building, just praise him. Lord, you are holy. Lord, you are holy. Lord, you are holy. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You are holy, Lord. You are holy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Give it to him right now. Give it to him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Holy like you. Holy like you, Lord. Holy Spirit, purify me.